guys, welcome back to Tell Me About It. Or if this is your first time here, welcome. I'm so glad you came back for another episode. Tell Me About It is the show where every Tuesday I sit down with amazing women and we talk about basically all the things that make us human. The rejections, mistakes, breakups, heartbreaks in any capacity, career fuck-ups, shitty moments, and just those cringeworthy shame spirals that keep us up at night. We talk about mental health issues, fertility issues, friendship breakups. We really talk about it all, but the one main goal is to make each other feel less alone in our shittiest moments. And also to learn that even the women we constantly compare ourselves to on Instagram, the ones that we think have it all figured out, also have lives that are far from perfect. Basically, it's the antithesis of a success story podcast. I have listened to those many times and they're wonderful for many reasons, but I always left feeling really shitty about my own path or excluded or just like, I don't know, I I didn't leave inspired. I left more like questioning my life and thinking, oh, I'll never get that lucky break. Or I just find it so much more inspiring to know that A, other women go through the same things we do and that they've lived to tell the tale. You always want to know that other women, especially ones that you find impressive, cool, aspirational, whatever, have gone through the things that you have just so you feel less alone and so that you believe that they're not a reason that you can't do something amazing. So that's basically what you can expect every week. But this week we're doing something very special. After Gwen's episode aired, I was just like, how do we follow that? So I was talking to my producer, Catherine, and I was talking to her from bed, as I do often, because I love bed an unhealthy amount. I mean, it's partially why I'm on antidepressants, but I just like, that's where I'm most comfortable. It's where I think best. It's where I'm just like, I'm most at home in bed. I just am happiest. It's probably my worst quality, but you know what? At some point you just have to own those too. So this episode is live from my bed and I don't think it will be the last of this series because I need another excuse to spend more time in bed. And if I can actually prove that I'm working from bed, I mean, that is just a win, 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 if you ask me. In a second, my producer Catherine will come on and I'm going to take you through just some things I've been thinking about recently, things that have been on my mind. My mind is a very crazy place, you'll learn. So I'm just going to shoot the shit with you guys and just hang out in my bed in my favorite place. We're going to do a deep dive of some of our favorite episodes, give you some behind the scenes thoughts and just have a good time. So thanks for joining us and let's get to it. So I'm really excited you're here and I'm so excited to do this episode today live from my bed with Catherine Law, my producer and friend. Yay. Catherine and I have only known each other for six months, but because of my lack of professional decorum, <laughs> I we, it feels like we've known each other for six years. It does. It's great. In the best way possible. <laughs> yes. I have broken all professional boundaries, and Catherine is always so patient with my craziness and my eccentricities. We both have black pugs, which was a huge bonding factor for us, and we love each other, and we just thought that 
this would be a fun episode for you guys to get some behind the scenes thoughts and moments from our past episodes. So welcome, Catherine. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm here in my fuzzy house coat, which was a term that you had never heard before. Yeah, a fuzzy house coat. I think it's an old lady term is what I think that it is. But it's a robe. It is definitely a robe. (laughs) It is definitely a robe. It's 150% a robe, but I like fuzzy house coat better. I, I mean, it's like yeah. makes it sound fancier and it is a fancy robe. So maybe a yes. coat of, it's a fancy house coat. It's a fancy one. It's very fancy. It's very fancy. I always inundate Catherine with my like crazy thoughts that I have just like in the car and in the shower and whatever. And I was talking to my sister actually before I started recording and she was saying she was like, oh, yeah, me and my boyfriend. She used his name, but we we'll, won't here. Um, <laughs> respect her privacy. We were talking about how you're an introvert. You like how you actually kind of are an introvert. You're a very gregarious introvert. Mm, mm-hmm. And I was like, first of all, I don't really care like one way or the other. I, I, I definitely after COVID, if you're not an introvert, you're I mean, yeah, I actually God bless you because you're probably enjoying yourself. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like, oh no, the Delta variant is super dangerous. So like for so I can have more excuses to stay home. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, okay, maybe I'm an introvert after COVID for sure. I definitely need to like recharge after I see people, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Like I, I always say for every hour I spend with people, I need 72 hours to decompress, which I've said in other episodes. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, it really made me think more. And what I said to her, I was like, you know, lately I've been really forcing myself to be fluid with my identity. You know, like, I really don't want to box myself in as, like, an introvert or an extrovert, as, mm-hmm. like, lazy or ambitious, as all of these different characteristics, like, type A, not, all of those things are, like, so limiting. Yeah. Because for me, like, I get really hung up on those things. Mm-hmm, They're mm-hmm. limiting beliefs. I will be like, okay, I mean, if I'm an introvert now, and if I actually internalize her saying that, or, like, me believing that about myself, yeah, I'll exclude myself from life. You know, Mm -hmm. it makes you act like that. You know, like if someone's like, oh, you're a liar. Your parents are like, oh, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. There's no incentive to not be a liar. Yeah. You know, I I very much feel that like I didn't know that I was an introvert until maybe three or four years ago. Yeah. I always assumed I was an extrovert because I'm not shy. No, exactly. Me neither. I'm an extrovert. But when I actually sat down and thought about it, I actually restore, like you said, by being alone, going and reading a book, whatever, decompressing by myself. And I think what you're saying is absolutely true because the second I sort of figured out that I am an introvert – Mm-hmm. I started doing more introverted things and like totally. staying home more, which is like totally. also fine. And obviously we've yeah. all stayed home for the last year and a half. But especially post-COVID, like I find myself not wanting to go out, wanting to cancel plans way more than before, yeah. which I already yep. loved it. Oh my God, canceling um. my plans is my fucking favorite. <laughs> literally the other day that someone canceled on me and I was like, I literally was like, I love canceled plans. And I was like, oh, shit, is that, like, offensive? You know what I mean? Like, I was right, like, oh, I'm my like, God, do bad? not worry. Yeah. yeah, but no, but I'm like, should I tell? I, I tell the person. Like, I'm like, never worry about canceling on me. <laughs> Except for if you're a guest on this podcast, do worry about canceling on me. Then. <laughs> That's going to be annoying. Look, Jade, we should just make some plans together so we can cancel them. Uh, cancel any fucking day. God bless <laughs> you great. if you cancel on me. Like, yes. if you say, like, I don't, I, I feel like I don't feel like it is okay. Like, if you just say it's not personal at all, like, I have my period, peace, like, 
yeah oh my god so fine but yeah like i don't know why no isn't or like not you shouldn't say no to someone if they invite you somewhere but like (laughs) saying it kindly like oh i'm not feeling like it that's a totally respectable answer but let's unpack that for a second yeah because is that something you actually like feel comfortable saying to someone like i just don't feel like it um, I'm not trying what, to call bullshit. I'm just like, I want no. to know how I can do that for myself. No, I'm not comfortable <laughs> with it at all because of the societal yes. repercussions that can we, we you know what I mean? It? Yeah. It's just like, okay, if you're like me, if you're like, I don't feel like it, I'd rather hang out with Sally. Like that's mm-hmm. fucked up, you yeah. know, like that is, but if you're just like, I have my period, like I, I know I've mentioned, I literally just got my period. So that's why it's, <laughs> it's going to be all we talk about on this show. Now we must be because, synced up girl. Cause I'm there because with it's you. It's on so. my mind. No, I'm literally only going to talk about my period right now. Excellent. Cause it's, it's just all consuming, but no, if you're like, I got my period or like I'm having really bad anxiety or whatever, I'd rather you. And I think we need to normalize excusing yourself because I, as someone that's so sensitive to people's energy, Mm -hmm. I don't want you, like I had this friend in college that literally would come around and be a dark cloud. Just, Mm. and she was at other times like the brightest star in the sky. But just when she was feeling shitty, she'd like still feel obligated to like come hang out. Right. And it just brought down the vibe. And it's like, that's a problem in and of itself. Like I think like normalize excluding your, excluding, excusing (laughs) and excluding yourself. Yes. When you like, when you know you're going to bring down the vibe. But this is what's interesting that I'm actually working on in therapy. Mm -hmm. So I tend to like cancel on people when I don't feel 100%. Okay. But my therapist is like, you need to stop doing things at zero or 100. Mm. And it's Mm -hmm. like often how I attack work. Like I'm like 100, like losing sleep, like just going crazy, like overworking or like not, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you need to be able, and I think with your pajama friends, like you can show up at 50% Mm -hmm. or like whatever. And I am more comfortable doing that, but yeah, let's normalize canceling. If you're going to be a a pain or if you're just not feeling like it. Yeah. Yeah. But what I wanted to say about labels again, let's just go back to that. Yeah. It's like, it's also pertinent to mental health issues. I started with my therapist like six years ago now, and I adore her. She's my saving grace. But she, like, she, when she was talking to me, like, one day, she was like, Jade, I think that you should test for ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I was 23 or whatever. No, six years ago, I'm not 29. So I was like 22 <laughs> or whatever, 21. Um, I can't do math. We know that on this show. So I was tested, and I, like, have bad ADHD, which I've always, like, thought. I don't know if there's bad ADHD. I definitely have ADHD yeah. in, in, in her mind or whatever. And I don't do anything about it, but I'm like, I always think like in hindsight, I'm like, I wish I'd known that because I just, I was the person that like would make the study guide for people and like be the one that knew all the information and in practice and like, what's it called? Studying. Oh my God. Practice. I called it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. But then I'd get like a C because I just like, it was a horrible test taker. So I kind of wish I'd known that. So I was easier on myself, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's a limiting belief. Like I would have thought that I couldn't do the things that other people that didn't have that learning disability could do. And it's kind of like depression. Like I'm like, I don't know that I would have wanted to be diagnosed any earlier than I was. And like, I don't know what my life would be like had I never been diagnosed. Sometimes I think about that. Yeah. Like, would you, you know? not think that you were a depressed person? You know what I mean? 
I don't know. I mean, like, I'm also on antidepressants right now, which also sometimes makes me think. You think, like, all of a sudden, it's why a lot of people, like, suddenly go off, like, cold turkey, because yeah. they're like, oh, I feel, I'm good now. Like, I don't yeah, need them anymore. Yeah, golden. You're yeah, like, that's you're the like, drugs working. Uh, right. So, yeah. like, I think that's where I'm coming from right now. Yeah. But it's interesting. I don't know. Like, I think, I don't know. Like, when depression first hit me, it hit me so hard that it was, mm, like... There's no other name for there, it. There, exactly. Like, yeah. me, like you, you know, it'd be misdiagnosed, like, Lyme or all that sh- all those <laughs> autoimmune things. Mm-hmm, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's But it's interesting. Like, I don't... How do you feel about that kind of stuff? I... So, I also was diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. I don't know if we've had this conversation. Have no, we, we have not. talked about this together? No. That's, that's great. We uh, I know, know a lot about each talk, other, but... We've talked about literally, like, everything <laughs> down to our labia, and, like, yeah. I'm so glad that this is now are coming out. Like, great. you know, just, like, the general way our brains work we didn't yes. talk about. Nope. Um, I got super lucky, because when I found out that I had ADHD, I happened to be in this group of, like, maniac entrepreneurs who were, like like 75% of them were also ADHD. Oh, weird. And they were like brilliant and like wonderful humans who could like get shit done and like Mm. ran these amazing businesses. And they also like immediately taught me kind of why ADHD is a superpower. Yeah. So it was a lot of that. I was surrounded by these people who like when someone got a new diagnosis, like the whole room stood up and cheered for them. What? Like, the, what the like, fuck was it? What kind of program? Was this an, like, a cult? No, what is it this? It sounds like it, right? It was like yeah, a mastermind marketing group of like like every few months we what, would come together. What, do you together. sign up for the, what? It's like mm-hmm. book club or something? <laughs> All, these extracurriculars. Of, kind of, yeah. It was, so it was this group, like this marketing focus group basically for entrepreneurs and we would wow. all meet in person like every three months and like every person we'd spend like three or four days together every person and do you would have go to through have ADHD no that's what that was what was crazy about it is like everybody just did or like a lot of people just did also like like 75 percent of the room was lefties interesting I mean that's a crazy experience yeah. first of all yeah but it's like in your 20s you want to or like maybe in life, you just, you want to identify yourself so badly, mm-hmm. you know? So you, we want to label ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we want to hold on to these like pillars of characteristics or like personality traits or whatever they are, because like that gives us a sense of control and like, mm. and peace in some way, you yeah. know? But it's also like very limiting and like your negative self-talk can get attached to it. Like if you, you know, spend a day in bed cause you're depressed, you're like, oh, I'm lazy. I'm this, I'm that, I'm whatever. But if you have a great day at work and you're like super ambitious, mm-hmm. even like that day and, you know, you you accomplish all your tasks or whatever, you get really attached to that like yeah. persona too. And then yeah. like that, then you, when you feel a difference, it actually is more unsettling than never labeling yourself in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's just so much easier to be like, I am at this kaleidoscope of traits and characteristics and you know all these different things and every day is so different especially as a woman you know and I I just feel like we need especially I'm like back to your period especially (laughs) listen it's the best thing to make examples out of no it really is but yeah it's it's just it was it's super interesting to me but what I was going to say about your ADHD thing Mm -hmm. is that's so interesting that you were surrounded by other like people who you found like impressive so you yes. were like oh okay like I'm not this isn't a death sentence to me yes whereas exactly. like if I had been diagnosed when I was in school it would have felt shameful but it's all about like 
Okay, I'm literally about to just tie this bow up so nicely. I'm so excited about it. That's why this show is important because we have women on that are considered extremely impressive or the people that, yes. you know, we convince ourselves are perfect or all those things that I always say. Mm-hmm. And those people, like when they say they have a problem or a mental illness or yeah. any of those things, y- you feel better because it's someone that you respect that has yes. that has gone through the same thing as you. Or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that is the main purpose. Like Lady Gaga has, you know, depression. You're like, okay, that's fine. I can own right. that then, you yeah. know? And if she can do it, exactly. then I can do it. Exactly. Okay, I don't want to take a break, but we have to. We'll be right back. What makes you, like, laugh the hardest in life? I mean, you're going to hate this, but it's farts. Oh, God, <laughs> no. I, no. Delete, delete, no. I literally, I'm absolutely not. We can't work together anymore. Like, I, I truly, this is how I feel about farts and burps. Like, people do it as, like, this way of saying like I'm close with you or like like we're homies and I'm like how fucking dare you put your <laughs> bodily functions your fecal matter like into the air that I'm breathing like it truly it, like my brother thinks farts are so funny like I spent my whole life getting farted on my, by my two no. older brothers and I truly like Dylan will do like I've never farted around Dylan we've literally been together for seven years oh like maybe God. in my sleep if ever I literally do everything else in front of him, but he, no, fart, because I just, I'm like, oh my God, no, I do not, and like, especially when girls like burp in, oh, it's just, no, it really kills me. I will never fart in front of you, Jade. I can't promise you that. I know, and you know what? Like, I'm bad at making boundaries in my life, but that is one that I am like, uh, no, I will not no, cross no, it. no, I will not no, cross please. It. It's like, I, wh- why does that have to be our degree of like, Dylan's like, why can't I fart in front of you? Like, you should like the smell of my farts. Like, if you love me, I'm like, that is insane. <laughs> that's, that's a bridge too far. That's insane. That's Whoever taught you that? Like, yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> asinine. I was like, that's just, I don't want, no. My husband, Brad, who you know, yeah. because yes. he, is the engineer of the show. <laughs> engineer for this show. He, when we were first together, he he did not fart in front of me for a year. An entire year. God like, bless him. He would get up, even if it was like the middle of the night, he would get yeah. up and he would go into the bathroom to fart. And I could hear the fart because it was right on the other side of the How door. How do you put that on Uriah or whatever? That's what I would, whatever that <laughs> characteristic is, I, that... That's amazing. Oh, but Jade, so like, he has been making up for lost time ever since. Oh, no, no, no. Ever See, like, since. No, I don't need to be close with people like that. You know, I just don't, like, I'll be a, the grumpy old troll who lived under the bridge. Like, I just, that is not me. No way. Uh-uh. I just can't. I oh just can't goodness. handle it. Yeah. Like, I love my dog more than life itself. But even when he farts, I'm like, I mean, at least he can't, like, control it. Yeah. But it's like, you have to like, especially when people like make themselves burp, like. Oh, yeah. It just is. No. I do know someone who says like, as he's burping, he says like, burp, 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 burp. And it's too much for me. Yeah. It's too, I can't do it. 
I can't yeah, handle it. Yeah, it's just, let's let's just, like, avoid, like, I'll literally talk to you about, like, your genital warts, but, like, let's <laughs> not talk about that. Like, please, like, let's just, Gashes, or we can talk substances. about, I love talking about poops and different positions people poop in and what they find <laughs> most successful. That's fine. Like, Dylan cleans his ears out, and I'm like, can I look? Like, that's, yeah. I'm like, but I, I just, like, don't like people's <laughs> bodily functions, like, in my business, in my space. <laughs> To draw the line at gases. Yes. Like, please, if you oh, ever meet goodness. me, don't, don't, like, it's like a mating call, but like a friendship call. Like, you know what it I mean? Is. It's like, I, I will not pick up. I will not pick up. No, uh-uh. Oh, my God. That, that is just too much for me. But we can still be friends, even though, okay. you know. Okay, thank God. Well, we can't work that. together anymore now. Yeah. <laughs> Have you tried this flavor of LaCroix limoncello? No, fuck LaCroix. Fuck LaCroix forever. <laughs> I do not like LaCroix at all. I really don't fuck with LaCroix. LaCroix, La whatever. I have a fundamental issue with things that make me have accents involuntarily. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm going to call it a fucking croissant till I die. None of this croissant <laughs> bullshit. No. You know, like, even Goodbye. at a restaurant, like, I will actively avoid the thing that makes you, like, sound like an asshole to, like... <laughs> You know, like, uh, even when you're, like, recommending, like, Biologique, Recher, whatever, yeah. I literally just want to die. Like, when you're recommending, like, skincare <laughs> products, like, French skincare <laughs> products, oftentimes. Yeah. Like, it's just terrible. So, I have an issue with LaCroix. Well, just Don't worry. This because is of that. I, for a second, I was calling this LaCroix, and then I found out it was from Wisconsin, and then... No, that's just insane. I don't like subtle hints of flavor like I don't like like okay I don't like I call them water foods but like like I don't like tomato I like tomatoes in things but like so tomatoes not a good example I don't like jicama celery watermelon I don't like like I don't like no it's too subtle of a taste like I don't like water-based foods like where there's like more a higher concentration of like water, water than actual than, substance. Than flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so LaCroix is a problem for me in that way. <laughs> and I don't like, I also don't like, uh, I'm just going to tell you about all the things I don't like yeah, on the show. I think you're witnessing um, our breakup right now. I'm sorry. I know, but I, I know seriously, <laughs> not to yuck your yum, but yuck. <laughs> you know, like I just, LaCroix is not for me at all. Yeah. But I will mm-hmm. tell you what I, okay, so we're going to go back yes, to what, what do you think I is funny? laugh at. Okay. So like my dad, for example, like cannot not laugh when someone falls that's to me like not as funny yeah. like because it's also scary so I don't like to feel yeah. scared at the same, but when someone gets scared actually speaking oh, of scared oh that's fun no 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 here's something about me that you don't know I spend I'm willing to say 70 to 80 percent of my time at home hiding behind things to scare Dylan <laughs> no bullshit no bullshit like sometimes when I'm taking a shower Dylan will be like Jade Jade, don't pop out. Jade, don't do it. I'm not in the mood right now. Don't do it. I'll be like, I'm in the shower this time. But I'm like addicted to scaring people. I will, I have spent 20 minutes under the covers waiting for him to walk in the room. Like there is no, like nothing that will stop me from getting this scare. Like there are no lengths that I won't go to to get this scare. And so then I went through a phase where I started doing it to Taco. And then I was like, that's just like so bad. Like that's abusive. And like, he's not, he's, it's not as good of a yeah. reaction when he gets yeah. scared. But like Dylan, it's like, 
It's a problem. <laughs> like, it's a real, like, he's like, Jade, like, and I've had amazing scares. Oh like, amazing ones. But it, it's just like an easy, like, n- without fail, like, makes me fucking laugh when people oh get scared. God. Startled. Like, it's the best. Poor Dylan. My mom knows the same Dylan, thing to me, though, her. because she, like, she won't wait anywhere. She'll just, like, if she hears me coming, she'll just be like, boot, because she knows I will scream an inordinate amount. And so yeah. my, like, sweet Mennonite mother will go, like, hee, hee, she'll, like, laugh till she yes. cries because she scared me. She <laughs> loves it. No, it's... It is the best. Like, it is really, it's just, it, but I can dish it, but I cannot take it. Like, if I don't want to be scared. Do you get mad? Ever. Like, if he, yeah, I get mad. Like, it's so bad. Like, well, I'm such a fucking hypocrite. But no, it's just like, I, oh my God. Like, I will truly, like, I pretend I'm sleeping. Like, I hide in closets. Like, I, I literally, I, I just spend my time hiding in places. Like, all throughout my like throughout my house. So all the time. Is Dylan lives so anyway, in a haunted house. It's Halloween all the time. Like I'm just like I I love, and he is an amazing person to scare. He like gets he just like jobs. It does the whole thing that makes me just not want to stop ever. But yeah, so when people get scared, like I think that I'm also like I love a yeah. prank. Like I like pranks mm-hmm. a lot. It, one of my pranks is not safe for work, so I'm just I'm not gonna. T- I'll tell you another <laughs> you time. Tell me about it. Off I will. The air. I will. But I I like a prank or two. Again, don't prank me. I can dish it. I can't take it. <laughs> don't you like me after listening to this podcast? <laughs> anyway, so Jade, what else are we talking about today? Let's talk about our old episodes because you know. Yeah. We have a lot of new people in the house, so I want to just go over some of our favorite moments from our past episodes. And I would even say, if you've listened to these episodes, you're still going to want to listen to this episode, because while it might be stuff that you've heard before, it's sort of like rereading that favorite passage of, like, your favorite self-help book or your favorite book, and, like, you go back and reread it. Yeah, they're like the moments that you probably forgot about, honestly. Like, after I listen to podcasts, that's kind of what annoying, like, what's annoying. Like, sometimes I listen to a podcast while I'm driving, and I'll want to write down, like, something amazing that the person said, but I, like, can't text and drive. It's like, maybe it's the ADHD in me or something. Like, I, yeah. I will crash. Or the law. It could be just no, the law. No, I wish it were a moral decision. It's, like, <laughs> purely a, it, it's a safety measure I have to take. Yeah. So Catherine and I went through and just, like, we could not choose. I wanted to do, like, our top ten favorite moments, but, like, it was just impossible to choose. So I sent Catherine, like, a million of them, and then we just randomly chose five that we were going to dive into. Yeah. Take So we have plenty for next exactly. time. So we can go through the rest next time. But let's start with Bose's episode because we got We have to talk about the first episode. I feel like mm-hmm. no. I feel like it's universally known that every podcaster does not want to listen to their first episode unless you're just like yes. perfect all around. Like, but Bose's episode, like she was wonderful in it. You know what I mean? Like yes. she was so good. She was so honest. So Bose is Bozema St. John, who you might have heard of before. She has had many, many jobs, like marketing jobs at places like Apple, Beats, Uber, uh, WME. And now she's at Netflix. I think she's the CMO of Netflix. And she's just like this badass woman. She, her Instagram handle is actually badass bows, coincidentally. <laughs> yeah. It's very smart to make that your Instagram handle because then it's just... So she was wonderful because like she's just larger than life, right? She's like this extremely confident, exuberant woman that like has bright red nails and sequins and diamonds and 
all, she's mm-hmm. always sparkly and like bright lipstick. She's and always got a just, Luke. Like, oh yeah, like a total. I was like, a what? <laughs> An L E W K. E W K. Yeah, she always has a look for sure. She's writing a book. It's called The Urgent Life. And basically, it was inspired by watching her husband, Peter, die of lymphoma basically before her eyes. But she. She and he basically decided, like, he wanted to do, you know, like a bucket list of sorts. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of things that he wanted to accomplish before he died. And just hearing that story was so powerful. And hearing about grief and talking about grief through her eyes really was helpful for me. You know, I think, like, so often we're so afraid to talk about grief and people that aren't grieving, like, are really uncomfortable with it because it doesn't have a solution. You know, so people don't know how to sit in the shit Mm -hmm. with you. So, like, a lot of people will say things like, oh, like, if you need me, I'm here. Or, like, you know, like, when you should actually probably just show up to the person's house yeah. because no one wants to be a burden to anyone or, like, bring their grief around. Or And then I also loved that she talked about grief through her daughter's eyes, you know, and, like, what that losing her father was like and, you know, the implications that will have on her future. And how Bo said the first time she told her, she was saying, I know, I knew it wasn't the last time that I would keep needing to tell her and keep breaking her heart mm. when she realized all the things that he would miss. Mm-hmm. I just loved that episode so much because Bose is this vivacious, vibrant source of light and energy. People often assume that people that are that way don't have any problems when it's actually the opposite. That more often than not, they're like that because they have perspective, empathy, all things that can only come from going through something dark. And I mean, even though there were a lot of really heavy topics, like it was such a fun, joyful episode. Like totally. She just brought so many like pearls of wisdom and Mm -hmm. it was just Yeah, she has a lot of like sound. She's a great sound bite. Yeah. You know, like she's, she was, she was so good. What I loved is that when she says, like, I don't do a five-year plan Mm -hmm. because she, like, lives urgently, Mm -hmm. as her book suggests, because I think there's so much pressure on making vision boards and five-year plans. And so while, you know, most podcasters would hate to recommend their first episode, I really recommend the first episode. It really gives a good glimpse into what you can expect from the podcast. And in the description, I always remember we wrote that it spans from hilarity to heartbreak because it really does. Like it's this, you go on this whole ride with her. The whole episode is amazing, but here's one of the most powerful moments. I mean, I had the benefit, and this is going to sound kind of strange and counterintuitive. I had the benefit of being so othered that there was no Mm. way to pretend that I was part of the crowd. So I didn't, I didn't struggle with like, oh, I wish my hair was straighter or I wish my hair was blonder or I wish I looked like my best friend Summer. There was no way. Summer was super white, green eyes, blonde hair. We were both tall. That was about the only thing we had in common. You know what I'm saying? Right. But But wow, you like being so othered. That's so true. Like that would make sense that it would just kind of obliterate those. Yeah. Comparison. There was no, there was no, I couldn't compare myself. And even to the point that, um, you know, obviously I I struggled because the the regular stuff that you go through in adolescence, like, you know, the Mm -hmm. boys didn't like me in high school, right? Because it was just like, there were no black guys there. And the white guys were like, no, we want the white girls. So there was, that wasn't happening. So I didn't, I didn't have to have any of those challenges. What I felt was a lack right? Of not being wanted. 
which was its own struggle. Mm. But I didn't right. compare myself to anybody because there was literally no comparison. Like I, I couldn't even, it was just too far of a gulf that I couldn't pretend like, oh, if only I had a little bit more of this thing. It was just so different. Right. And I was pissed off. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand this. You know, how, how dare you? Right. How dare you do this to me? You know, I'm a good person. Yeah. I don't do anything wrong to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you saddle me with this type of experience? Like, why would you take this from me, you know, and hurt me like this? Right. And I was pissed. I mean, it's like I was, I was pissed course. about my daughter for a, for a long time. Sometimes I'm still pissed about it. Yeah. You know? It's because it makes no sense. There's no reason, you know, yeah. and it just hurts yeah. like hell. And I wish I wish mm-hmm. I could explain why Peter had to die. And I I can't do that either. But the thing is that I think about my life and there are some, oh gosh, this is really tough to say, but it's like, there's some things that wouldn't exist unless those things happen to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, and so reconciling that is also, can feel selfish, but it's also a very real thing, you know, which is that. It's true. My first daughter was born prematurely, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I got pregnant with Lael before I would have born my first daughter. So Mm. I would not be able to have both of them. Right. You know, so it's like, which one would I give up? Wow. You know, and that's that's the question that I sit with. Um, I even think about who I am today, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and what I've been able to do with my career and life. And had Peter lived, Mm -hmm. I don't know that any of it would have come to pass. So would I give this up? Wow. You know, it's a very... Okay, let's do our next episode. The next episode is with Stephanie Shepard, who most people probably know as Steph Shep. Steph was amazing because I think so many people, obviously she's so associated with the Kardashians and that's just extremely influential in so many ways, Mm -hmm. as we all know. But it was so cool because she, Steph is like an extremely sarcastic, funny, real down-to-earth person. A lot of people don't get to see this side of her that I think that you hear in this episode. Mm -hmm. Like, she talked so much about comparing herself to other people, like, feeling so lost in her 20s. Even someone like that, she was working for Kim Kardashian at the time, and she must have everything, and her life must be perfect. the most glamorous thing in the world. Yeah. Totally. Yet she was, like, just like everyone, and, like, struggling through that time in her 20s, like, didn't know who she was. And just the concept of what an assistant has to be to someone that big, which is, like, you kind of give up your life and your plan for the sake of another person to be excellent at your job. So, like, when she left, I loved when she talked about, like, feeling like, oh, fuck, now what? You know, because for everyone else watching, it kind of felt like, okay, well, like, duh, you have this huge Instagram following, like, you have everything, blah, blah, blah. Like, I love that she got so real about, like, saying, like, for the first two weeks, I didn't leave the couch. And she's just funny. And you get a peek into a world that you don't normally get a peek into. You know, I, I, I just loved it. I got nothing but good things to say about that episode. But here's one of my favorite moments. I mean, I have had so much disappointment. And, like, I've been fired from almost all of my jobs. I have missed out on opportunities where I thought like, this is going to change my life. And this is what I want more than anything. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, didn't get it. I didn't get it. And I look back and I'm like, Ooh, dodged a bullet there. 
Next episode is with Katie Storino. She's like this brilliant content creator that just like has Instagram down. Mm-hmm. Like she just like knows her audience, knows her community. She's a, like she just wrote a book called Body Talk. She's like a body, body positive activist, whatever yeah, you want like to call it. like to the it. nth degree. Yes. yes. Like she has this thing called like, supersized the look and like she takes model pictures or like influencers and remakes their outfits for a plus size and it's just like she has all these cool hashtags for like things that you you convince yourself you can't wear like Mm -hmm. crop tops or whatever it's not even just body positivity it's like self positivity yeah and i think that like showed up so much in this episode in the choices that she's made in her life as far as like getting a very public divorce and then Mm -hmm. going through that pain and finding love again and like meeting this great Mm -hmm. guy and she's like having a joyful wonderful life now when i first became aware of her i kind of was like "Ooh, the body positivity talk has a side and has a market that is like so nauseating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know that doesn't leave room for things like shame or you know they're, they're just like oh like tell yourself you're a queen in the mirror every day and then your life will be fixed. Yeah, a lot of it's very, like, Instagram meme. Yeah, a lot of it's chuggy in a way. You know, like, a lot of positive, <laughs> like, body positivity content. She has this incredible way of talking about owning your body and making peace. It's really about peace and, like, inner child work that she talks mm-hmm. about in her book. And like you said in the episode, I loved that we talked about divorce yeah. and, like, starting over because that is so... I know so many people you know, both personally and like peripherally that like stay in relationships in their 20s and 30s because they're like, oh, I'll have to start over if we break up, Yeah, you know? And she was married to someone or with someone for 10 years. Yeah. And then she was like, I just couldn't do it anymore. Like I, you know, and, but she didn't, she, he broke up with her, which I also right. loved that she talked about yes. because that is so important because oftentimes your hand needs to be forced. Yes. You know, that's like in Steph's episode, how she talked about Kim, like kind of forced her hand to yeah. leave, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you need someone to like do that favor for yeah. you. Yeah. And I, but I think it's important that she was like, I, you know, had this dulling of my spirit mm-hmm. over time as mm-hmm. I think exactly what she said. And I don't know, talking about divorce and starting over. Because she, when she was first with this person, dating apps didn't exist. Like, I always mm-hmm. joke with Dylan. I'm like, if we broke up, like, I'd have to make a dating profile. <laughs> Honest to God, that's like, I'm like, that's why I stay don't with you. Don't scare him too much, Jade. <laughs> no, but truly, like, that's like my biggest fear, like having to make a dating app profile. Because like, oh my God. Anyway, do you know also that her husband took her last name? <gasps> he did? Yeah, her new husband. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, no, so she has, like, such a happy ending story. That's wonderful. Love that episode so much. Here's one of my favorite moments. I was very insecure about my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that I missed out on opportunities or just wasn't good enough for a lot of things because I was bigger than most of the people that I saw in the fashion industry. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, even though I was 75 pounds lighter than I am now, which is really a staggering number. And you still felt that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I think my 20s were definitely full of insecurities, but also what part of that insecurity means that I got swept up into a relationship that was not very healthy. So you were in a relationship for like from 25. How long did that relationship last? Uh, 10, 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What a yeah. transformation you must have had from beginning to end. 
Yes. I mean, from beginning to end, I think, unfortunately, the tra- <laughs> I think um, most of that transformation was just like a slow dulling of my spirit. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. and I didn't know that. And then um, when my marriage ended, I like at at really at 35, mm-hmm. like I was like, holy shit, like yeah. I'm starting over. OK, we got to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The next episode is with Kara Santana. Kara's episode is one of my favorites as well. I always say that about every fucking episode. It's so hard to choose. It's impossible to choose. But I loved Kara's episode. I highly recommend listening to it. Kara, I will always love and appreciate because I just think that someone like her being so open about addiction is so fucking powerful. Mm -hmm. And I just think the fact that she let sobriety be such a big part of her persona and her internet life and is always advocating for it and is never shying away from it or indicating that it's shameful in any capacity. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that in her so much. And addiction is part of my life. Like I have a family member that struggles with addiction, a close family member. And, you know, I go to Al-Anon all the time. And I, what I learned from this episode is how few people know what Al-Anon is. Mm -hmm. I should go more, honestly, that reminds me. But Al-Anon is not for the addict themselves. Al-Anon is actually for family and friends, loved ones of people that struggle with addiction. Kara talks about shame, and there's so much shame with addiction. When, in fact, I think that addicts just have less of a filter between them and the world like than other people. Like I think addicts are actually the most sensitive and empathetic mm. people in the world when like when they can be categorized as the opposite. Yeah. You know, I think it's actually they're too sensitive for this world. And I love that Kara talked about that. So I love this episode for that. It's not just about addiction. She also talks about just her mental health in general. And we talk about friendship breakups and a bunch of other great stuff. Speaking of friendship breakups are something that I will just always welcome as a topic on the podcast because if you are evolving as a person in any capacity it's inevitable that you're going to lose a friend so i love all the episodes that talk about friendship breakups like chrissy rutherford's episode i love that episode that talks about that but back to addiction and shame here's one of my favorite clips from kara's episode i feel like we as a culture miss the opportunity to teach to give the lesson to help change the direction of the path. Mm -hmm. And so personally, I go, okay, I didn't like the way that felt. I didn't, now why was I incapable at that time of changing that behavior, my own behavior? Let me look at that. Where does it come from, you know? And, And taking an inventory, like we said earlier, you know, of that and then giving myself the grace and the freedom to be freaking human, you know? Yeah, it's like, yes. Is that- and. Life is supposed to be a mess and that's yeah. the fun is getting dirty and living in the mess of life and then picking yourself up, cleaning yourself up. And then you have to get dirty again because life isn't right. perfect. And that's what makes it fucking beautiful. Last but not least, last week we released our episode with Gwen Stefani, which was, I mean, the best week of my life, quite frankly. I mean, it was just fun because she is like a very private person, but I think she got really real Mm -hmm. and uh, vulnerable and talked about her 20s in a real, like, because her 20s, I mean, who thinks that they can relate to her 20s? You know what I mean? Like my 20s in comparison, 
makes me just feel extremely <laughs> sad about myself. You know, like it's, uh, no one can relate to her twenties in theory, but you know, she really showed like talking about like her breakups yes. and that was so, it's so crazy to me that she was able to stay in a band with an ex-boyfriend who she wrote all of her like breakup songs about. I don't it's understand so that. nuts. So hearing her take on that was like worth the whole interview <laughs> itself, you know? Like I love, I just didn't think that she'd go into it for some reason, but I loved that she did. I loved that we talked about body image for her because like she is known as, she has abs at 50 years old. Yeah, like always. she's just like, she is known as a crop top, the, fe- the human embodiment <laughs> of a crop top. Like she just like has never, even when she's four months pregnant, yeah. I think she talked about like she was wearing a crop top. So I always wondered like, and I know she works fucking hard for yeah. that. So it's like. I wanted to talk to her about body image a lot. And I love that she referenced her postpartum body because that is not having experienced that myself. I know that that's an extremely relatable concept. Mm -hmm. It's just fun. And it's just a feel good episode, you know, but we go into a lot of detail about her life leading up to this wedding that she just Mm -hmm. had. Speaking of, I, and I had no idea that I'd be the first person she was talking to after this wedding, which was just like, which was crazy. But I mean, she was just totally blissed out. Like you could totally see it on her face. But so I felt kind of bad, honestly. I was like, okay, so your wedding was all fine and well, but like, let's talk about like the heartbreak (laughs) and shit before. Like, when did you feel worst about yourself? That's what you do, No, but like, I know it is unfortunate. It's my toxic trait. (laughs) Don't invite me anywhere. But yeah. It's so, unless you want to talk about your childhood traumas, but I loved that episode because, and again, I know this is so lame to say, but it was like a side of her that I don't know that anyone has ever seen, like, yeah, captured. no, it's true, it's actually, you know, true. yeah, definitely listen to that episode. And here is one of my favorite clips from it. I assume that like people would try to pin you against other female celebrities or artists, you know, like, did that ever penetrate? Well, I don't. I think for sure, I didn't really see it so much. There was there was an other artist that kind of sometimes tried to start stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't think I was in the same lane as anybody as it's far so as like categories. Nature. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm not confrontational. I'm not very competitive. Like right. I just, you know, I am at certain things. I'm, I'm competitive with myself about wanting to like do something great and be creative and be but like, as far as like winning, like, I don't know. I, I just, I never played sports. I'm not into <laughs> sports. Like, this is not who I am. But I yeah. think that like at the time there was like, just, you know, there's people like Jewel, mm-hmm. like, you know, and yes, was I jealous of how pretty she was? Mm-hmm. Yes, I was, mm-hmm. you know, or there was like uh, Alanis Morissette, mm-hmm. you know, was I jealous that she could be write such amazing lyrics? Of mm-hmm. course I was, you know, inspired. Yeah. Jealous, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then there was like somebody, there was like L7. Like, it's like, why? Well, that's not what I do. That's not what I am. So I don't right. really feel like I fit into any of the, the different kinds of girls, you know, then there was, you know, Shirley Manson from garbage, but mm-hmm. she was like definitely a lot more hardcore and just confident, you know, like, that was different from who I was. So I don't know. I think I, I was just somewhere in my own world. I don't know how to describe it. I didn't, so I didn't think, I didn't even think to compare myself because I couldn't compete with any of that. It's not, it, I wasn't the same. It was like comparing apples and oranges as they say, like, (laughs) how do you compare it? You know? So 
you know, something that no woman is exempt from is like body image and just having issues with that. And you have been on every single magazine cover known to man. Like, have you ever struggled with body image? And when was it worst? I did, of course, my whole life. You know, when I was little, I was a little bit chubby. Like, I had to always really work really hard at getting a body that I wanted. Like, Mm -hmm. what's interesting is my dad, who... I think that once I finally got to being a senior, I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to be, I want to be what I want to be. And what I want to be is I want to wear the clothes that I want to wear. And so that means I need to do this, this, this. So I think my dad is quite a disciplined person. And Mm -hmm. I think I am a really quite disciplined person. Mm I never used to think I was. I think I was just really hard on myself about it. But once I made my mind up, say, if I want, I know I have to do this and this to get this. So I'm going to do it. And Mm -hmm. that's when I would just, you know, and I'm just like everyone else, like I'll fail like this weekend. I failed. I was like, I had, I was like, okay, that's it. The wedding is over. Get your, like you just, you just blew your diet so bad. Like, what are you doing? And then of course I made like a hundred excuses of why I'm on my honeymoon and I need to order everything I want from Postmates. Yes. (laughs) I fully agree with that. But I think it's just, it's one of those things. We all want to try to be perfect, whatever that is. And there is no such thing. And so we just do our best. I think I, for me, it's all all about just trying to be the best version of who I can be. So, I mean, we could fucking go on forever. That's the problem. I, it was so hard for me to pick which episodes to talk about, but we'll do another one and we'll talk about the other episodes because there are some that are really incredible if I do say so myself. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to my little soul. It's not a solo episode. I guess it like my, my solo episode featuring <laughs> Catherine Law. And I hope that you guys will stick around for next week's episode. We're transitioning into season three, which is Whoop. crazy, which is so crazy. And please, as always, rate and follow. It's not called subscribe anymore. It's called following. And follow my podcast. There's a little, on Apple Podcasts at least, there's a little like plus plus, mark, I think, in the top right. So click that so that you never miss an episode and really make my day. And if you ever post about the podcast, I will always repost you. So please do that and comment on the show page as well. Tell me what you're thinking. Maybe not of this episode, though. This was a little unhinged. (laughs) We got wild. But yes, yes. But introduce yourself anytime. I'm at Jade Iovine on Instagram. And please call me, leave me a voicemail, or we can text anytime, which is my favorite thing. I love when you guys text me. We can just, we can talk about anything you want, really, except for farting and burping. We can talk about whatever you want. So leave me a voicemail or a text message, and I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye guys. Bye, Catherine. Bye.